Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 346 for Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? You having the best week ever, best month ever, best existence ever? I hope you are. I really do. I really, truly hope that you are loving life and nothing brings you down on a daily basis. What is this One Man Podcast that you may be stumbling upon for the, upon? <laughs> of course, upon. But I was like, uponst. Upon for the first time, my brain is so far ahead of itself sometimes that it slams words together. So let's go back and try that again. What is this one man podcast that you may, may have just been, may have clicked on for the very first time? Well, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you what's going on with me personally, professionally, and everything in between. And this week, I'm going to tell you guys about some shows I did at Absolute Comedy. I watched a movie that was very, very talked about, I guess it was super popular. Everyone was talking about it called uh, Leave the World Behind. I'll tell you guys about that. I've been playing a video game in my spare time at home and, you know, I got just a bunch of other tiny little anecdotal stuff that I'll share with you. Some Christmas shopping stuff with my buddy Peter, some things that I purchased and you know what? An anecdote from last year's Santa experience that has been weighing heavily on us this year. We're just waiting for it to happen again in some capacity. So let's just dive right into it. I'm going to say a shout out starting off. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I talk about the movie first? Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about Leave the World Behind. It's a movie that a lot of people were talking about. A movie that should have been better, in my opinion. Apparently, it's based on a book. So let's, I'm all over the map here. Let's, let's give some context. This movie is called Leave the World Behind. I heard about it from Crystal. She's like, oh, there's this new movie on Netflix that everybody's talking about. She's part of like Facebook groups that, you know, movie recommendations and horror movie recommendations and things like that and book groups and all sorts of different things. No judgment there, but she's on the, excuse me. Oh, we're like two minutes in and I'm already on and she, she's getting more information from groups. So like if there's a movie that keeps coming up that everybody's talking about and she'll be like, oh, there's this movie, you know, but then again, like there's a lot of things in pop culture that a lot of people are talking about. They're very exciting that I'll watch and be like, that was, that was ridiculous. But this movie, Leave the World Behind, seemed very promising because you got Julia Roberts, all right, big, I, I, I was going to say, you know, A-list actor, but is she, is she still an A-list actor? I don't really think that she works a lot. You know, the last time she was in like a big thing was that I can remember was like Ocean's Eleven and that was like 2004 or something. Like it was, it was a long time ago. I, I don't know the year and I'm fairly certain I'm wrong, but. Well, let's just try Siri and see if she'll help me. Hey, Siri, what year did Ocean's Eleven come out? 
She'll probably tell me the original. Ocean's Eleven was released on December 7th, 2001. Oh, 2001. How about that? It's earlier than I thought. I thought it might have been a little later. 2001, at the height of George Clooney, uh, I would say Brad Pitt's career. Nope. He's been killing it for a long time. That's not, his career has been that high for a very long time. But George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Dale. It's the, the point is it was a huge star cast. They did two other spinoffs. And then a few years ago, they tried to do Ocean's 7 or something or Ocean's 8. And it's, you know what? You know what I love about that is that Ocean's 11 had 11 people. Ocean's 12 had 12. Ocean's 13, right? As they're sequeling, they're naming it one number higher. And so I think it's adorable. It's like, it's, it's more of this pandering bullshit. Are you going to talk about the fucking movie, Josh? Are you going to talk about a bunch of other movies? I don't know. This is what happens on my podcast. I start talking and I go in different directions based on how I'm feeling or at least what's where my brain's going. This stroke should be called an hour of ADD. <laughs> it's what it should have been called from day one. And it could have just been something that would have explained every episode. I wouldn't have to intro it. It would just be. Hey, my name is Josh Williams and welcome to another episode of an hour of ADD <laughs> or, or what have you. Anyways, in oceans, like a few years ago, they did an oceans eight. That was an all female cast, more of this pandemony rather than just making a new one and having people of all, all first oceans 11 had, had people of all ethnicities and stuff like that in it too. You know what I mean? It was already like, like multifaceted, but I mean. How are you going to plan a heist for weeks in advance when you know women can't keep their mouths shut? No, I'm, I'm just joking. I had to, I felt that one a long time coming and I was like, I got I got to make a little, I got to try to make it funny. Yeah, it's, it's Ocean's 8. And the reason I find it adorable is not that it's a bunch of women, but I think it's adorable that you, you could already tell what they're trying to do. Why 8? Why not Ocean's fucking 9 or, or 10? Well, because exactly that reason. They think it's going to be so popular that they're going to get two more movies. So it's got to be Ocean's 8, Ocean's 9, and then Ocean's 10. That's how they're going to do it. That's how they're going to make their money. Nope. I don't even think I've watched Ocean's 8. I thought it had a good cast, and I was like, oh, this seems like a good enough premise. The the two sequels to Ocean's 11 were bleh, nothing exciting. So anyways, Julia Roberts has not been you know, in a, in a big, big, uh, box office movie, in my opinion, since, since oceans 11 in 2001. So here we are 13 years or whatever later talking about leave the world behind. I would be curious though, if you guys feel like throwing it at me, like I know Sandra Bullock kind of fell off for a while and then she comes back with like bird box and gravity and just these things. And I was like, but leave the world behind also stars, Ethan Hawke, who I like a lot. He's got a goofy looking face. He looks like the most average dude ever. I think when he was young, he was seen as a heartthrob of some kind. Ooh, I forgot to put mute on my, on my phone. So we're going to get little dingy dings until I press this. Boom. Oh, it's a great, great comic that I love very much who I messaged the other day who is responding. And I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to look at it because then I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to start chatting with him. Nope. He's going to have to wait, buddy. But, but a very, very great comic, Jeff McHenry, Jeff McHenry, who some of my listeners who watch Leonard Kennedy will know as Alexander, someone shit on the outside of the toilet. You know, sometimes there's shit on the outside of the Uranus. Alexander's great. Jeff McHenry is fucking great. And I really hope that, that what, uh, what I'm going to try to talk to him about is it's going to work anyways, that's for another podcast. So we got Ethan Hawke, who I believe was a 
seen as a heartthrob because he's been doing stuff in Disney and whatnot since he was young. I remember like the, I think White Fang was one of the movies, but he was like, I think he was a good looking young fella, but he had acting chops. You know what I mean? Like the guy's proven that he can be a good actor regardless of, of, uh, you know, age. I think that, I think that's a, that's a, a little, you know, I think that's a solid nod to any actor who, you know, originally shows up because of their looks. I think Brad Pitt's proven that he can act. I think that Tom Cruise, even though he's like mostly action stuff, I think the dude can prove that he was more than just a pretty face. He's done some pretty solid roles. And even when he was a pretty face, I think that guy fucking crushed it in A Few Good Men. One of my favorite movies of all time. But, you know, anyways, Ethan Hawke, now that he's older, looks fucking goofy to me. But, you know, he proved he can act. Who else do we have in this? We have two other actors whose names I can't remember right now, and I don't have a picture. I'm going to have to fucking prevent myself from being canceled over this. So I have to pull up the picture that I, that I had here. I got, I made a little, a little graphic for everybody so they could know I was going to talk about this on the episode and I'm going to already apologize for mispronouncing. We have Mahershala Ali and Miaha apostrophe la Miha la Miha Mihala. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Truly I am from the bottom of my heart. And then, and that dude was in the wire. I believe, I believe he was one of the bad guys in the wire. I've seen his face many times. I apologize. I'm not familiar with his body at work. Um, why don't you prep this before the podcast, Josh? Cause I, that's not what I do. I talk about my opinions. I don't, I don't verify anything. I don't prepare. And then finally of a man, Kevin Bacon has, has a supporting role in it as well, or a cameo or what have you. But, but the, the movie has, has decent actors in it and it's seemingly like this post-apocalyptic thing where like, you know, everybody kind of goes out one night and then just, you know, a bunch of shit starts happening. It's in the inexplicable. It's compelling. It is compelling. And I can't remember if Crystal told me that this one kind of lets you down at the end or whatever, or if that just ended up being the case, but I remember watching it and I remember thinking, you know, like, like I, I can't wait to find out what's going on. And just, just one little part of the, the, the movie is the daughter was like leaving town and she's watching like friends on her iPad or whatever. Cause all the fucking young kids want to watch friends now. Everyone's so progressive, but then there's a show that had only white people on it. And then like apologized for, Oh, we're so sorry that we had no diversity on the show. It's like, who cares? It was the nineties. That's what, that's, that's what shows did. I'm not saying it's a good thing and it should continue that way, but like you were a product of the environment and the time. And that's what TV did is they made shows with all white people. You know, to come out later and go, we're sorry. It's like, I don't think it was a deliberate thing. I could be wrong. I, at no point in their apologies did I hear anything like, oh, we're really sorry that we deliberately, like we said no to so many black auditions because we're like, you're black and we want a white only show. Like, I think it's just stupid that it's like, oh, your, your dumb fucking show is more popular than ever. You know what I mean? They play it all day long on TV in the States. Like when I was on t the Sharon tour, like, yeah, that would you flip to channels and some channels, all they did was play friends all fucking day long. The show's fine. Your, your royalties and merch sales are better than they've ever been. People wearing the friends t-shirt. Ugh, hate that show. I hate it. I even watched all of it just to make sure I wasn't being a prick. And at no point did it grow on me or did I want to know what the fuck was happening with any of these people. But having said that, the stupid kid in the fucking movie is all about friends and watching friends and she gets to like the last episode, but that's when like, you know, 
the service stops. She can't stream anything, can't stream friends, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bunch of stuff happens in the movie, bunch of fascinating stuff. What's going on? What's happening? So much weird things are going on. Very compelling. And then, you know, the movie's over. It's building to a crescendo and you don't really find out what's happening. In fact, the the movie's even done in like chapters. I call it like chapter one, blank. They name it chapter one or two, blank. Chapter three, whatever. And then chapter five is called chapter five, the last one. And it was like, that's that's like, okay, it's the last chapter. But, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but it doesn't really spoil any of the plot. Like at some point, the daughter wanders in to someone else's house, finds DVD collection of friends and puts it in the DVD player, turns on the TV and highlights the episode, which is called the last one. And, and then plays the show. And like the, the movie quite literally ends with the daughter's face in frame. Like it's a close up of her face and like blue all over her face. Cause the screen then the TV's on. And then, and then she just smiles. Cause the whole movie, she's like, I'm never going to find out what happens to them. I'm never going to find out. And then and she just smiles and the movie's over. And I even believe that they leave the song from the Rembrandts, you know, I'll be there for you. I believe that they leave that song playing as the credits roll. And I'm like, I did not get a resolution to the story. And this is just another reason for me to hate friends that now it's like, that's it. That's it. So there's channels on YouTube and stuff that I'll go to after I watch a movie. And I'm like, did I miss something? Like, did I, you know, what, what was, what was that about? And, you know, and so I'll watch a guy go, Hey, this movie's about the, you know, then there's the symbology of this. Sometimes I miss some symbolism and sometimes I don't. So I I'm watching and it's like, okay, you know, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I picked up on all this stuff and then like. Boom. And then one guy's like, well, there's this theory that with society, if you know, you first, you create chaos by boom. And then da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's all well and good. If that was ever alluded to that, that was exactly what was going on. And they, they, they try to build little similarities you know, or, or, or symbology between some of the, the things, symbolism, symbology or symbolism between some of the things said and, and meaning. And, you know, like, well, this could be inferred. I'm like, yeah, it could be inferred that way, but it, it, it wasn't enough for you to go that way. Like, I don't mind movies that kind of make you think a bit, but it's like, you want to know that, like, you want to be able to tell like, okay, this is what they were doing. They were leading us, our heads to this. This was kind of like, yeah, there's elements of that thing, but then there's elements of this thing. And so there's just so much scattered shit. Now it's based on a book. And I want to believe that the book gives you more than, than the movie did. And I really want to believe that the, in the book, they weren't, you know, the daughter's story arc wasn't trying to watch the last episode of friends. I, all I can say about this movie is it's on Netflix. It is compelling, but you're, you're compelled so much and it builds and it builds and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And so it's a movie where I would say it's desperately screaming to provide an explanation. Like you're, you're compelled to keep watching to get an explanation. Sadly, you will never get one. It's just a series of fucked up events. Now, in all fairness, I will say it's sadly not something that we've come to expect from movies. I think, I think things are trying to get a little too artsy and not really explain much, but I think I've watched a few movies where there's no explanation. They're like, well, you got to draw your own ending. I'm like, well, fuck you. That's bad writing. You know what I mean? Like you don't go to a story to be like, well, write your own ending. Like you can leave things, certain, just certain things open to interpretation and, and conversation and whatnot. But overall, like 
you know, did the antagonist die? Did the people make it out? Say like things like that. But I will say this. When I read Stephen King, when I was young, he had a lot of short stories. Now that guy has been accused of, you know, and, and with good reason from some of the books I read with having shitty endings to stuff. It was almost like he had these amazing ideas but never flush them out. It's almost like Will Ferrell movies where it's like, this guy has an interesting idea for a character and it would have made a better 10 minute sketch. It could have been a great 10 minute sketch. They're horrific hour and a half long movies. Cause you're like, there's just not enough to this character to, to go all the way. Well, to me, like Stephen King has got these great premises, but it's just, they just don't have endings. So it's kind of like, how do you tell a story about this? Because you don't have an ending. So he's like, yeah, I can write a, a book of, you know, 50 short stories and have it done by the end of the month or something. I don't know what his deadlines were like, but, but the reason I brought up Stephen King is because Stephen King was notorious for having shit happen, you know, things happen and there being no reason. I don't know if I've ever addressed this on the podcast before. I kind of feel like I may have years ago, but I read the short story, the mist, and it was good. It was really good. It, it sort of, it, it didn't end great, but it didn't end poorly. The story in the mist was, was quite similar to the movie in, in a lot of ways of what they did, but they, they had it just so that, you know, the guy's working at home. He's, you know, he's, he's, you know, they, they got a summer house or something like whatever, where, where they are as a house in the lake with the wife and the kid. And, you know, they wake up in the morning and they look across the lake at the houses on the other side. And there's this, there's this mist that's, that's kind of up the hill heading towards the houses. It's very slow, creeping mist. And he's like, huh, must be a really foggy day. It's very strange, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Goes inside, chats with the wife, you know, Hey, can you go into the, the store and get, get some groceries and pick up some shit? Yeah, no problem. Hey, Billy, you want to come with me? Sure, dad, I'll go with you. Boom. They get in the car as they're walking out to the car. They notice that the mist is now like completely covered the houses. And is kind of like at the, at the edge of the lake, the houses can't even see them anymore. Right. And so they drive into town and start, you know, getting stuff and they're yakety yak. I don't remember exactly what's happening story-wise, but they're in this grocery store, just like the movie. And it's just like, oh God, you know, like the, the mist is coming, guys, get inside. Like people are running inside and whatever. And this sort of the mist sort of slowly covers this, this little sort of strip mall that they're in. And the, the story, the, the vast majority of the story is the different things that are going on in the grocery store. But a lot of the stuff happens very similar in the movie. Certain scenes where, you know, tentacles coming in from the loading dock of a grocery store, the back of the grocery store, you know, people kind of trying to go out, you know, I got to get to my car. It's only like 30 feet away. Tie a rope around me to make sure you get me back. Like just interesting. It's a bunch of series of little events happening in the story. It was a very good story. What was in the mist? You never really find out. There's all sorts of different kinds of creatures and shit like that, but it's just there. And the thing was, you never got an explanation. It's just, it's kind of like reality in the sense that like, if that happened, your, your brain might go like, how did this happen? Where did it come from? But really the more important thing is like, let's fucking survive. You know what I mean? They, they put a bunch of sandbags and stuff like that in, in front of the windows. Cause like things are trying to break in. So they, 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 they basically reinforce the windows with sandbags. It was just very fascinating. In the movie, though, they've got guys running in, military guys, oh, oh, thank God you guys let us in. Oh, oh my God, it's crazy out there. Well, what's going on? Well, we, we were working at a secret laboratory. We were, we were playing with interdimensional doorways. It's like, ah, we don't need to know. Like, this is one where it's not really that important. It's not, 
you know, as compelling. Whereas just like, you know, when in, in the leave the world behind where the entire fucking world is, is just, you know, all of our satellites stop working, whatever, like it would have, it would have made a little more sense. Right. Or at least if, if, you know, like everything that's happening is kind of the only story going on. Whereas people trying to survive these creatures and shit like that, like, you know, it's a little more like, okay, well, the story could be them trying to to fend off these, these, they're, they're basically trapped in a place and that's that, you know, sometimes knowing where it came from is important, but I think what I liked about the Stephen King stuff is rather than them trying too hard to like make it make sense, you're dealing with crazy monsters and creatures you've never seen in, on earth ever, you know, and of numerous kinds. So like, we're, let's, let's not, I don't know, work too hard on that. Like, that's just kind of like, that's fucked up. Let's deal with it. I don't know. It was just one of those, like, I guess some stories, there's certain things you don't have to know. You don't have to know where something came from because it's here and you got to deal with it. But I just remember with, um, with the mist going like, that's kind of gross though. It's a dimension opened up and this and that. They also changed the ending in the book. You know, they get out of, they get like, they get a few of them into a car and they kind of drive off and the whole story is being told like it's a journal right? Sort of like the guys kind of taught, telling the story, like, like, or, or I guess recalling the events up into where they're at now, because at this point they're sitting in a motel, the mist is still covering them. And they're like, we don't, we're just going to keep trying to drive, you know, in this direction and hopefully, you know, maybe get out of it, you know, and then they're trying to figure out what happened, blah, blah, blah. But the idea of the story of how they first got covered in it and been stuck in it, you know, that sort of, that sort of story has been told the, the, we're trapped in this mall. And then how do we get out? They finally get out and start moving. And the, that's sort of where it ends is just this, like, we're still stuck in a motel. We're going to keep going. We don't know how, how, how far this mist has traveled. And that's kind of it. And, and it really was, you know, we never got an explanation about the mist and where it came from, but it's just the story of them trying to deal with it. That, that was enough. And then back to the movie where they, they get out of the mall, they're driving and then they're just like, Oh, this is horrific. Like, how are we going to ever get past this? And like, and I, I don't even remember because there was like a few of them. There was like five, four or five people. And the guy just pulls out a gun and, and like he, like they, people just start offing themselves. <laughs> like they just start blowing their brains out because they don't want to try anymore. And then <clears throat> like right after the kid's dead, like the guy's kid being fucking executed or whatever, the, the, all of a sudden you hear, hey, all right, get it out of here. But you're like, what, what, what's going on? And then the mist kind of just blows away and the military's there. Like, oh, we got, we got some survivors here, guys. All right, we're, we're doing it. We're getting this fucking mist dealt with. And it's like, what? So now the mist just is going away and then no explanation. Like they felt like they need to give us an explanation, but no explanation of how, how the mist is just going away now, but it's the military's there in a tank and you know, they're going to save everybody which I also hate that like the, the solution to everything in, in life is the military. But yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, and now we're supposed to be like, oh, look at that. If you had waited just one more minute, you wouldn't have fucking murdered your kid. Like it was just, a, it was like a completely like just like sad, depressing, whatever. And then those endings can work at times. It was just like, that's what you're going to go with? The, the, the guy kills his kid or whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> Like, oh, the military's here to save it. It was stupid. So Leave the World Behind will not leave you with a sense of of anything. You can watch even Ending Explains and they'll give you some theories as to what it could be, but I found it shitty. Hopefully the book was better. All right, that was a really long start to this episode, gang. 
hopefully all the other things I talk about, what was this turn the power off during and it's the same ending. I don't know what I meant by that. Oh, like if you, if you just turn the movie off and don't finish it, then you get the same ending. It's probably what I meant. Well, what else guys? I've been playing a game at home, you know, during my, my few hours off after, after the Santa Claus gig, I've been playing a game called Arise. It's a, it's a nice game. It's, it's got no dialogue. There's no, there's no talking. There's only you're, you're playing. I may have even mentioned it in the past. I don't think I have, but I bought a bunch of games that were just small games, you know, four or $5 games that, that should, you know, you get them finished in, you know, a couple of nights with a, with an hour here, an hour there. And Arise is you're seemingly to be some sort of kind of Viking, you know, crudes kind of just, just barbaric kind of dude and your body's being laid on sticks and you see like the, the tribe around you lighting you on fire and you're like, you're dead. And then you end up in this sort of like space time clouds kind of area with snow and, and you kind of walk up to a space and it sort of builds and it's, you know, like, like it'll, it'll like the snow will form up to form a shape of something. And then you, you click on that to start the first level and the game's design like it's it's a very cartoony animated kind of look and the the premise of the game is your control like you're you're going through this guy's it's almost like he's like reliving his life he's dead and now this is like the transitional space or something almost like a not a purgatory but is there another one that's in that like it's like the god's waiting room not florida but a different one and so every level has got like a part a point of this guy's life and, and the, the, I guess the, the novelty of the game, the, the gimmick of the game is that you're controlling time forwards and backwards at every level. So in the first level, it's just like you, you, one of your control sticks will literally move time forwards or backwards. And so as you move time forwards or backwards, like at the very beginning of the level, there's like snow and like, well, like winter and summer kind of thing. So like you move time forward backwards and the snow will, will, will melt, you know, and there'll be like icebergs now that you can like, you know, use to cross lakes. And then you move time forward and the snow builds back up and it like moves you higher. So now you can get up onto a platform. So you're manipulating time forward and backwards. And then later in that same level, you know, you're, you're moving like animals. It's almost like there's huge bees and and snails and things like that and you're moving them forward to jump on the snails back and then the bee you latch onto the bee and fly forward but you're moving these things patterns of where they walked and where they moved forwards and backwards to to move where you go it's an it's a it's an interesting cute fun little gimmick and the very first level is just kind of you moving around in in meadows and and you know places and stuff and then i can't remember the second level but very shortly into the game there's ones now where the earth is like crumbling around. So you're like kind of dealing with more chasms and like big chunks of earth will fall. So you got to like, you know, like lower time, like, you know, push time forward so that the earth cracks and falls. And now you can jump on it, but then you rewind time so that before it fell, it moves you up to the top of the surface and things like that. Boulders will fall and you need to use them to move yourself around. Interesting gimmick. And then like, you know, three or four levels in the, the dynamic of the level is now that these like shadow things are standing around. There's all these shadow forms in the environment and they come after you when you're walking, they come after you, but they don't exist in the light. So the, the it's raining 
and you need to kind of like freeze time when the lightning strikes because that makes these things invisible like or like it may, it you know takes them away right and then if but if you're not careful you're riding too far or whatever you know the they the lightning's over and now it's their back so you kind of you can move time forwards and, and backwards and freeze it so and i think at that point in the level was like the shadow things are like the loneliness right he's getting older but he's getting lonely and these shadows are like it's a very metaphorical game but it's 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 easy enough to play but it's like puzzle like every 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 next platform that you have to get onto whatever is a new puzzle like which way do i have to move time forwards or backwards like how am i going to make this work to get me up there and you kind of got to watch things happen around you and establish the best course of action from there very charming very sweet game you know later on there's a level called romance so this is clearly the part of his life where he met his significant other and that level it's like 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 water lilies floating on a on a, a lake and there's these like gusts of wind. So you're moving the water lilies to jump from lily pad to lily pad and water lily to water lily. And then these gusts of winds, you get caught in them and they blow you around. So it's like he's light and he's living on air and it's very lovely and colorful and everything like that. You know, the next level is one called, I think like seed. So it's like, she's clearly gotten pregnant. You're in this like big black void, but there's like a warm glowing thing to the seed. And as you move time forward, it sprouts and it's growing you know, leaves and things that you can use to climb. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of like metaphorical of like they had birth, but then the, the next level is like fire burning everything because I guess they lost their child. So it's a sad level, but the fire moves forwards and backwards. You got to make sure you don't get hit by the fire, but you're, you're burning things, burning underbrush to make paths for yourself. But then at the same time, you need it to come back, you know, the fire to come back and not burn it on the other side so that you can get up. So it's, it's well-crafted in terms of every level is not the exact same gimmick in terms of like, you're just, you know, holding the light in place, but they found very fascinating ways to make time matter. And it's a game that doesn't take very long, but it's a, it's a sweet story. And effectively at the end of the story, like the, at the very last level, it's, it's clear that he's kind of relived his life in a very metaphorical way. And then he sort of stops and turns to stone. As you're playing through the levels, you'll see these little stone figures of either yourself or your significant other. And he kind of stops and like looks at these little statues and remembers the moment and then kind of moves forward. And so at the very end, his, his whatever this is, like his ghost or his astral form or whatever, sort of sits down next to his partner, you know, and then just turns to stone himself. And I guess it was just like, that was it. Like he relived his life, what have you. But it was it was an interesting interesting game. It was a fun little. I like little puzzle games. Keep trying to keep my brain fresh and solve issues. And I enjoyed I enjoyed just the play. I enjoyed the creativity of something different where you're playing with time. So not just like oh here's a level about his life and it's just a a story that's loosely thrown there to give you an excuse for playing. It's like it's like no the game is the the solving the puzzles with time. But it's got a nice little kind of heartwarming story too. It's called Arise. I'm I'm playing through it. I think I may, I don't even remember if I finished it at this point, but I know I got close to the end. So I, I have like mop up stuff to do where I got to go back and find all the little memories. So some things, you know, take are, are difficult puzzles. They're not, they're not the way to the end of the level, but they're the way to find a little glowing ball, which when you, you know, touch, it's like a memory of, of the time. And then, you know, you can open it up and it's like a, like a painting of like a moment. So when you collect all the memories, you can go back to the level and and click on the memories portion and you'll have like seven or eight different like drawings 
that that show them like a dynamic. So almost if you're flipping through them, you're kind of getting an idea of the story of that point in his life. So it's deeper than just the level. The level's like a metaphorical thing, but the memories kind of show you exactly you know, what this particular level story is supposed to be about. And then it's charming. Very, very charming. The game is called Arise. You can get it on the PlayStation for sure. I'm not sure if it's available on Xbox, but it's called Arise, A Simple Story. And, and I like it. I like it. Let's move, uh, let's move ahead here. Hopefully everything I talk about is not this long. Half an hour into the podcast already, gang. I wrote down that I got angry at work and I know I did. I know that the season is wearing on me. I'm working a lot of hours. I'm working with people that are difficult to work with for different reasons. I'll just say it quickly. My colleague whom I enjoy working with and Santa Claus, whom I enjoy working with are both at each other all the time. They don't cooperate with each other and I'm kind of in the middle of them and it sucks. It's not a position that I want to be in. They just don't gel together. And like, I get both of their positions and I'm just, and I think both of them kind of want to vent to me like all day about the other. And even though I'm like, you know, like I don't have anything against, you know, either of you, like, I don't, I'm not really siding about everything with one of you. Like, you know, one of you is, is right. And the other ones or, you know, one of you is right about some things and, and wrong about others, you know, and it's the same for the other. Like, it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with. They, they push each other's buttons and they both unbeknownst to them are pushing my buttons, but there's like, there's no hate or shade. It's just, it's a lot. And I remember like just being tired also for context, I got called into absolute comedy to do three shows on Friday and three shows on Saturday. So like I'm, I'm at these, these, I'm, I'm at the, the, the mall doing shit all day long. And then I'm, I'm at the club until like past midnight. So I'm getting very little sleep and I'm, I'm trying to plow forward and just doing what I can. But I think at one day I went in and there was like a replacement person there, like a replacement person. Yeah. Someone was filling in for somebody. And I just, I felt it early in the morning and I just said like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Like I'm, I'm, I go, I'm not myself right now. And I said, I know we don't work together much, but I'm like my, I'm running on fumes. Like my patience is, is is worn thin. And I go, I don't want to snap at anybody. I, I really, I really truly don't, but I'm, I'm very transparent and honest about the fact that it could happen. So I said, I'm sorry if I seem like I'm, I'm short or curt or whatever, I'm not giving myself permission to be that way. And I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying I'm not really myself right now. And I, I wish I was, but I'm just like, I'm so worn thin and what little patience I have at this point, I'm saving for the customers. So I, I just, you know, I apologized and, and I, I never really got, I, it, it's more that like, I got it off my chest that I was that way. And then it never really happened. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just trying to pretend everything was okay. And just being, I don't know, maybe that in and of itself, maybe just, you know, on being honest and owning something from time to time is enough to, you know, get you where you need to be. So I wasn't really happy about that. I'm looking, I'm looking at some of my other notes here because I'll talk about the shows. I love the shows. So maybe I'll save that for a little bit. I went, I, I kind of bought myself a few things over this season. Didn't really like, I like Christmas shopping. I love getting gifts for the people I care about, but I just, I just didn't like, didn't go all out this year. So I was like, I'm going to just, you know, maybe get myself something. Cause you know, not being in the relationship anymore. I'm like, I don't expect anything under the tree. So I'm like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to get myself a little something. I had already bought myself like the mixer cups and stuff that I told you guys about, but that's more just practical shit. You know what I mean? That's like saying you bought yourself milk and bread for, for the holidays. You're like, that's just shit you need. I did buy myself. If I didn't already tell you guys, I believe I did. I, I bought myself like an advent calendar that had like, like different teas every single day. And I love that every single day, instead of getting like one serving of, of the tea, they gave me like five tea bags of the same kind every single day, which was like, this is great because I can go to work. And I, I, we had a kettle in the staff room and I'm like, I can, I can make myself a tea and we have a kettle at home, which is mine. And I leave it in the kitchen. I know that, that crystal and sometimes the kids use it. I, I, the fuck is that? Oh, is this stupid little robot vacuum getting ready to start? One sec, gang. I got to see if I'm about to be interrupted. Super hardcore. The fuck is that? One sec, gang. One sec. That is such a strange thing. It is, it is coming through the mic way louder than it is. I took my, my headphones off and it sounds like it's coming from the hallway. So someone might have been like vacuuming the hall outside the condo, but Jay's got a little robot vacuum here that just like in the middle of the afternoon likes to come on and just get in everybody's way. Yeah, it's louder again. So it's got to be somebody in the hall. And honestly, Auphonic usually cleans that shit out anyway. So we won't see it. Sorry about that little ADD distraction there. My, uh, my, you know, the podcast here. So the kettle at, uh, in the, in the downstairs, I was saying like, I, I mean, I could use it. It's a little bit lazy, but I'm not going to lie guys. Like I, there's times where I just don't want to be around anybody else at home. It's not, I don't mean like, I don't love people. I mean, like these were people that I thought like were my family. These were the people that I thought that I was going to love and protect until the day I died. And, and just through some shit that happened that from episodes I haven't even recorded yet. And I, I kind of don't know how I'm going to tell you guys about them because I don't want to be ugly, but the situation just fucking sucked. And I'm not really trying to publicly run anyone down. Those will be hard episodes to record truthfully because like all my days were packed and I'll be telling you guys, I'll be telling you guys about shit that didn't matter, but at the same time, like trying to pull back, like this was, this was a bad time. And so now I'm like, even if I go downstairs to like turn on the kettle and then come back, I'm either going to hang out downstairs for five to 10 minutes and cross paths with people that I'm just at the moment, I have no hatred towards, but it's just, it just feels so disingenuous and that's not who I am. I'm, I'm not a, you know, I want to be like, I can't like, it's like, it's sad. It's the Christmas season. I'm seeing everybody get ready for the holidays, all their plans and this and that. And I'm like, oh, and I just got eliminated from them, you know, for, for shitty reasons. This is like, this is, this is me making an argument for why I bought another kettle. This is so stupid, but it's, but it's true. It's true. And if you're in the same boat and you're like, you know, I bought two kettles. Don't you already have one? You're like, eh, if I really wanted to explain why it's easier for me to spend a hundred bucks on like a fucking kettle than it is to, you know, go downstairs and I'm not going to steal the kettle, bring it up to my room. And then just, you know, nobody has access to it. You know, I'm not a piece of shit. So I, I bought, I bought a kettle. I don't want to be downstairs. I don't want to, I, I want to mitigate the interactions as best as I can. I'm not, I'm not rude or, or, you know, unfriendly or anything like that. I just don't, at this point, it almost, it almost feels like running into somebody you haven't seen in a while. And they're like, Hey, how you been? What's new with you? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think you care. I don't want to talk about it. I, I it feel, all of it feels fake to me. So just, we, we live together. Hey, I'll say, Hey, hi, how's it going? But I don't, I don't want you to pretend you give a shit about me. Like you're, you're, you know, 
theoretically you're all people that want me out of your life as fast as possible. And we just realize we're stuck in a cohabitation situation right now. So the last thing I want, it's like, you know, it was like avoiding Kamar at the house. I'm like, you're somebody who just like takes from me and takes from me and takes from me. And you know, you, when I, when I call you on it, you go, Oh, sorry, but that doesn't change the behavior. You have no respect for me. You have no care that everything you do makes me feel shitty. And that's you getting what you want right now is more important than, than that. It's just, so it's just kind of like, but we live together and that's kind of the situation. So yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm back to, I, I'm quite honestly not like, like halfway into living together and it has been for some time. I'm already back to all the things that belong to me. I have to hide and, and lock behind the door of my room because if I don't, people will just take it and like, like zero consideration. Man, I didn't mean to unload like that, guys, but that's that's the long and the short of it. Merry Christmas is the the message I'm trying to get at. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where I'm at during the holiday season. It's a fucking is it is it really a wonder that I can't just like also starve myself on these OptiFast shakes at the exact same time? Just go on 900 calories a day. You're you're going to work your ass off, you're going to be exhausted, and you're going to you're you're just going to be lonely and shit. Yeah, there, I am I am eating pizza. I am fucking doing the DoorDash thing. Even then I'll try to do like order shawarma where it's like, oh, I'll do like the garlic and pickles and, you know, it's grilled chicken or whatever, you know, shit like that, where it's just like, I'm trying to eat a little bit better, but fuck cooking. I had meal kits that I bought, you know, a series of meal kits that were going to get me into the middle of December. And I'm like, oh, I'll make a, a kit, you know, two, three times a week. And not going to lie. I got like, they're like two, two weeks behind or so, and they're ready for the garbage. You know what I mean? I think I'm going to end up throwing out a bunch of meal kits because again, I'm coming home from work at like seven thirty, eight o'clock and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to make a, I'm going to get in the door and I'm going to make a meal cause I'm hungry and it'll be done by like nine. Right. I can clean up, I can come upstairs, gear down and hopefully be, you know, asleep by 10 so I can get some, a good night's sleep. Instead I come home and somebody else is cooking in the kitchen and making dishes. And then when they're done in an hour from now, I can come back downstairs at like nine 30 and do the dishes so that I can use them because they haven't done it or get into a fight telling them, please come and clean your dishes and then cook for an hour and then eat and then get like, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be eating right before you pass out. So I'm just like, all right, fuck it. You know? And I, uh, I think I addressed it too. I brought it up saying like, is there any reason that people who are like, you know, home all day or people who get home at like four thirty, five o'clock, is there any reason that everyone decides to start cooking at eight o'clock when I get home? when I have meals to make too, like, is it just to deliberately make sure that I can't, you know, use the facilities? You know, I know it's not the case, but it's just, it's just seemingly that that's how it turns out, you know? And then if I, if I bring it up, that's me saying it passive aggressively to you guys as the listeners to just sort of succinctly express how I'm feeling. Like, it's not how I approach it. I just go like, you know, Hey, is there any chance you guys can cook your meals? You know, maybe between five and six, six and seven, so that when I get home, like I can use the kitchen, you know? So, and it's just, it's just a shitty, I just don't like the common areas, just like a Jay's don't like it. They're full of other people's stuff that they haven't cleaned. Those people are gone. So I can't ask them to clean it. So if I want to use it, I either clean it or don't get to use it. It's just, it's a, a very unfair situation. And anytime I try to, you know, say like, Hey, is there any chance that this can happen or whatever? I met like, like I'm crazy for pointing out exactly the scenario that we're in. And it's just, it's brutal. And that was some of the stuff that affected us prior is like, if I mentioned that the kids are messy and then need to do something, it's met very defensively. And 
And that can be at times very dehumanizing because it's like, not only do I not get my feelings validated and not only do we come up with a solution to change behavior instead, I'm just doing damage in a relationship. And yeah, it's really unfair. And at the end of the day, gang, like I do realize that I will be better for it being out of this relationship, but it doesn't mean I don't love them. You know, this was, like I said, people that I thought I was going to care for and protect until the day I died. I also thought I had more value and more respect and, and we just, you know, when everything came crashing down, it was very obvious. Um, it was, it was apparent before and it's obvious, you know, now. And anyways, I just don't want to be around it. So I bought myself a kettle. I bought myself a nice Cuisinart, about a hundred bucks, which is more than you need to spend on a kettle. However, what I liked about this one was that it had different temperature settings for different types of tea. So like green teas on there and white tea and oolong and things like that. And this advent calendar that I have has a, a, this, I'm sorry, just like recognizing the fact that like, it doesn't matter what I talk about. I fucking go off on it. So sorry, I just crossed out something on my list here that I wasn't done talking about. So yeah, it has like the, the, basically it's just like, you know, when I'm at home and I lock myself in my room, I'm in a position where I can enjoy a cup of tea. I don't have to leave to go downstairs to make it. I have everything that I need upstairs and I can just continue to be a recluse and try to, you know, not want to kill myself every day. It's a very depressing podcast. If this is your first one listening, he's like, the guy bitched about a movie. Then he bitched about it. Well, I didn't bitch about a video game. I, 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 I big upsed it. And then, and now I'm, I'm saying how buying a kettle made me relive my fucking traumas in my relationship. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I, I, I love the fact that you're here with me listening. So uh, what can I say? I bought myself a kettle. I also bought myself just wandering around the Rito Center. I went into a store, Sunrise Records, and they have, I just, I looked in and I saw like, you know, they got, all these places have little fucking figurines and shit. And I just really, I don't try to buy figurines. People have bought them for me. There was a period of time where Crystal and I were collecting pop figures, like horror pop figures. And I thought it was great way too expensive, but we had this, like we had this nice wall at her place with all these different pop pop figures on it and different decorations and things like that. And, and so going to this thing and I'm ch- I'm chatting with the guy because I think I was, I don't remember why I went in. I didn't go in for this, but I look over at the shelf and I see a box with an American werewolf in London, you know, brand on it. It was like, Oh fucking head, like the face and the, 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 the wolf's face and the, you know, superimposed over the moon. I was like, Oh fuck. Is that you know, and I open it up and it's the fucking wolf. It's a figurine of the wolf. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. And I go, if this thing's under a hundred bucks, I'm buying it. You know, I'm not even a figurine guy, but I was like, this is definitely, I'm definitely buying this. And the guy's like 79.99. I'm like, and sold, give it to me. So it's great. And it is now sitting on my dresser at home, you know, facing me every night when I sleep. So I'm probably going to get nightmares at some point, but you know, that's, that's what's, uh, that, that's what's up. Love this thing. I'll have to take a picture of it for you. The, the, like an actual physical build of the werewolf. There's one in Joe Rogan's uh, studio. So I'll have to fish out that picture. I think I've posted in the podcast before, but I'll have to fish out that picture and, and, you know, show, show you guys what the, the figurine looks like. And then what like the real thing looked like in, in Rogan's studio, but great movie. If you haven't seen an American werewolf in London, you haven't seen one of the scariest and best made practical effects movies of all time. Great movie, start to finish. 
I also went Christmas shopping with my buddy Peter. So Peter was like, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to go to Rito and get some shit. So I was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind shopping too. I, every time I get there, I get like a 30 minute break and it's not enough time to really poke around. So went shopping with Pete. We popped into a bunch of different stores looking for some different holiday ideas for people on his list and his colleagues. So that was a fun day to, to spend together. What else? Let's, let's bang through things as quickly as possible here. Just because, you know, I, I feel like this episode's going to really drag on. Yeah, we're almost at an hour already. I had breakfast with my mom, went to Gabriel's Pizza. We had a nice breakfast. We had a nice conversation. I haven't seen my mom in a long time. It's also something that's kind of uncomfortable to like bring my mom over to the house. Like, you know, and, and my mom's had relationships with Crystal and stuff, you know, outside of our dating. So they've got their own relationship, but yeah, it's just, I, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to force people to do pleasantries. Like my mom obviously cares about me and I don't want people to ever pick sides on a thing, but it was very obvious that as soon as Crystal and I broke up, her family was very much like, and you're gone. They didn't respond to my messages anymore. They, they just completely cut me out. I don't expect that of my mom, nor would I want that, but I don't also want to, I, I don't, sometimes people feel like they need to pick a side and I actually don't like that. I really don't like that. I have some friends who are like, oh, well, you know, fuck her or whatever, that bitch. And I was like, I'm like, this is somebody that I loved that I planned on marrying. So like as much as I, 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 I think their hearts in the right place where they want to make me feel like they're, they're connecting and, and, and supporting me. I'm just like, there's, I guess maybe there's a part of me that makes me feel like, well, you know, does that mean that every time like we were, t- we were all together, like you just faked it for my benefit, you know, like you really didn't like them at all. It's gonna make me wonder, you know, will you like the next person that I'm with or will you secretly hate them until we're not together? I also just the kind of person I am. I don't want to hear somebody run down. You know what I mean? It's strange. It's strange. I'm, and I'm not trying to be judgmental of my friends. Like I'm grateful for the friendships. It's just like, I guess it, it makes them look a little less good to me. You know, I, I guess I like empathy better. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on her. I'm not gonna say horrible things about her. Like I might talk about some of these things where, like I say, I, I, I mentioned something and I'm, I'm made to feel like I'm crazy for noticing what's happening. And that's something that I'm, I'm going through. And that is something that happened. That doesn't mean I tell people all the time. I'm like, Crystal's great. If you meet her, you'll like her. She's a nice person. She is very kind. She's a, she's a great person. She's just not a great partner. You know what I mean? She just wasn't great to me. There was times where she was very supportive, but in a partnership, you have to be willing to, to share the responsibilities and everything. And it's like, she would give me like little tasks every now and again, but anything real that, that was like, Hey, let's do this together. It was like, it was very guarded. And I'm not saying she doesn't have like reasons for being that way because of her own shit. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I guess one of the things, the best metaphors I can give is like, you see the way I'm like, I know the way that you treat people you love. Cause I see it. And I, I know you don't love me because it's not the way you treat me. You know what I mean? And so I, yeah, it's just, it's just sad overall. Again, that was a little tangent because I was saying I had breakfast with my mom out as opposed to inviting her over the house. Haven't seen my mom in a while. And that's why I've been very busy with work and going over to her place after work, you know, when my dad's already gone to bed and stuff, it's kind of like, it's a little rough. So I'm like, oh, let's, let's have breakfast, mom. We did that. And then she came with me to the Apple store. I got a new MacBook. 
and and I'm taking very, very good care of it. I got a new MacBook, and the reason I did is because I, I believe I mentioned to you guys, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe I mentioned to you that I came home from a, from a, a gig last month, and I went to you know, produce the podcast. I recorded it, but I hadn't produced it. And when I went to open GarageBand, I, I tried to open it and it wouldn't open. GarageBand just would not open. If I already told you the story, I apologize, but for context, I'm just going to say it one more time. Keeps on growing. Okay. Sorry. So GarageBand, I had to pause and answer some stuff. GarageBand wouldn't open. And I spent like hours doing everything I could, restarting the computers, Googling things, uninstalling, reinstalling, like to the point where you're, you're on that command window where you're typing in like DOS prompts, trying to uninstall drive. And none of the shit, I know what it fucking means. It's just like the, some Reddit thing was like, yeah, I ran into that too and try this. And like four hours after I started trying to fix this, cause it's like literally like, I can't edit. This is what I used to edit. This is the only thing I know how to use to edit. So I'm either going to fix this. And I thought it'd be a short fix, right? But I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I can't open it. Well, I better go learn a brand new software. No, I'm like, I'll just, I'll get it fixed. So like, you know, hours in, I'm like, well, I got to get this fixed. So it ended up opening finally. And it opened finally because I did something that I tried hours before and just for whatever reason it worked this time. But it seemed to work like once or twice more on the, on the computer. I think I mentioned that actually a really long time ago. That's why I bought the new computer. So I'm fairly certain I told you guys this. And I apologize for repeating myself, but I bought a MacBook because I'm not bringing my whole desktop set up with me when I travel. So, you know, and if I end up on the road for a few weeks, which I will be in January, right? To plug my dates at Absolute Comedy Toronto, I will be there from January 2nd to 7th hosting, then January 9th through 14th headlining absolutecomedy.ca for tickets. When I'm gone for two weeks, I'm going to need a laptop that that will work because it's a perfect opportunity to A, to continue you know, recording my podcasts and B, maybe getting some of the old ones made and filled in and, you know, edited and so on. So I decided I'm going to bite the bullet and get a new laptop. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to give the old one. I'm going to wipe it, clean it and give it to my mom because she's looking to do some stuff that she can't do on her current one. So she's due for an upgrade. I'm due for an upgrade. Everybody wins. I did that. Let's talk about this before I talk about my stand-up shows and, and send us all off on our way. I I got stood up for a date. I was telling you guys about the, you know, the compliments that I was getting on Tinder. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna shit on dating apps. They're garbage. I dislike them. They bring out the worst in everybody. Some people are kind when you start talking to them, I guess, but I'm not really, I, I'm not looking for it. Like I said, I'm, I'm just sad and lonely and hoping that I haven't lost companionship for the rest of my life. What a sad prospect. I, so, so one person was like, looked, looked like matched with me and I was like, oh, and this person, I'm like, they look a little cute. So if I'm being honest, I don't think that they know anything about me having a podcast. So I don't think that they would stumble across this now. And if it turns out that we're in a relationship at some point, which I, I strongly doubt, but if we were ever in a relationship and they look back and, Hey, I heard that you really weren't that in. Yeah, but we're together now. It changed. Didn't it? Are you not up for growth? You're not. Well, then we should end this now. This was someone who was just like, you know, they matched me and I was like, oh, this person's cute. And they were like, I just was like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing a ton of stuff right now with work. Like I was very transparent. I'm like, I'm working so much and I come home and pass out. Like I, I quite sincerely have no time and I go, and honestly, like I'm, I'm spent. So like, I can't give a, you know, conversations, the time and energy that they deserve. So 
for what it's worth, like, like if you're okay with meeting up, maybe, you know, between Christmas and new year's or something like that could work. I think they, they messaged me and they're like, you know, Hey, I'm not great on this thing. Like, how about we go for a drink sometime? And I was like, fine. So we set up, it was funny. I was, I was going to meet with Peter. I, I reached out and I was like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like at first, <laughs> not Peter, but this person, they were like, you know, Hey, you want to go to a bar downtown? And I knew that this person lived right, you know, in the market, the byword market, which is right and right down, you know, in the hub of everything. And I live way the South end of the city. So like, uh, she's like, you want to meet somewhere downtown? I figure, okay, we're going to go close to that place. So I picked a place downtown. I picked a place. I liked, I said, Joey lands down and they said, Oh, how about Joey Rito? this would be a block away from the market. So I'm like, I'm going to come all the way down into the belly of the beast on my day off. And cause I was trying to think to myself, I'm like, why did I go shopping with Peter, you know, on a Saturday, like my one day off, why would I go to the one place that I'm at seven, you know, five days a week. And, uh, and that's why I was on my way. I was chatting with Pete and he's like, I need to do some Christmas shopping. So I was like, cool. Well, when this date's done, why don't I, you know, we stick around a Rito and I'll, I'll go shopping with you. At least that gives me an excuse for having to go all the way down there and pay for parking again. You know what I mean? My first thought with this person asking me to come like a block within their house, drive and pay to park and all that stuff. I was like, well, that doesn't seem very compromising. Like we haven't even met once yet. I suggested a place that is still infinitely closer to you than it is to me. And you're like, no, the one right beside my house, if you don't mind, I want to throw on slippers and whatever. So, um, I was like, okay, no problem. I made the concession to let them pick. And I, I reached, I went on the website, I booked a, a 2 PM, you know, thing. So it's not too early in the day, but it's not too late in the day. Also happened to be happy hour. So I'm like, oh, great. We can get some, some apps and some drinks consulted with a person or two and say like, Hey, is it offensive if I pay? Should I pay? Should I not pay? The old me was like, if I invite you out on a date, I'm going to pay. But you know, things change. It makes some people feel like I, it's somehow a thought in my head. That's like, well, you can't afford to, or that, you know, the gender roles, whatever it is, I just want it to be nice, but I'm like, okay. So, you know, two o'clock seems like it would work for me. If things are going well, then it can, could, could go into an evening thing. But I also like, I'm also not interested. I'm, I'm really not just not in this person, just in, in dating in general, I have too much of my own shit to work on. So essentially I just didn't want to go on it. So that the day comes, I'm having in my shower. And by the time I got dressed and put myself together, I noticed that I was running late. It's taken me about half an hour to get there. And I'm like, I, this thing is in 15 minutes. So I, I sent a message and said, Hey, wicked, sorry that I'm, you know, running late or whatever. But my ETA is about 2.15. So feel free to, I made a reservation. Feel free to grab a table, table, order yourself a drink, and I'll be there as quickly as possible. A million apologies. So before I'm late, I said I'm running late. No response. Okay. We hadn't really double checked or anything like that. But it was like, I think I, enough. If, if I'm serious, I think by the time I was getting ready to shower and stuff, I, I kind of recognized I might be running a little late. So I think I actually messaged saying I'm, I'm a little behind, but I'm on my way, you know, looking forward to it, whatever. And then when I'm in the car, I sent what my ETA was and it wasn't, so I'm driving there and I'm talking and that's when I called Peter. I'm like, you know, chatting with him and he's like, yeah, I gotta get some Christmas shopping. I'm like, well, why don't we just meet up at the, the Rito center? We'll, we'll do some shopping when, when this is over, you know, an hour or two, but you know, come four o'clock, we'll be free. Let's do some shit, you know, whatever. And I'll, I'll debrief you on how it went. So in all sincerity, I barely spoke to this person. We didn't have conversations back and forth. It was like a match. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this thing. All I knew about them was that they were very unlikely to, to compromise and, and hadn't responded back in an hour to confirm. So I'm, I'm on route and I sent the message saying, you know, I'm on route. The ETA says about, you know, two fifteen is when I'll get there, blah, blah, blah. And 
I'm driving. Now I know that I'm meeting my friend Peter, so I got to go to Reno anyways. And I get like 10 after two, so I'm still on the road. I get a, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I totally, I got called into work and I totally spaced on this, whatever. And I'm just like in my head, I'm like, uh-huh. don't care, don't care. Like I'm, I'm relieved, relieved that I don't have to do this. And and everyone I know is like, that's bullshit. But then she sends a message like 10 minutes later, like, if you're totally willing to give me a second chance, like, uh, you know, let's let's try again, drinks around me. And I was like, yeah, no worries, shit happens. Like, I don't care. I'm not gonna be like, no. Because I'm also not trying to hurt, you know, hurt someone's feelings, or whatever. In the giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe this is something that's just, it was an accident or whatever. But I, I can't imagine why. I was dreading it for like two weeks. Because we made the plans when I was, you know, in London. So, anywho, wasn't looking forward to it. So glad that they canceled. And they're like, if you'll give me a second chance. And then I was like, whatever. So I was like, yeah, no problem. Let, let me know when you're free. I get a message like, like I think that night was like, well, I'm back in, in Ontario on January 14th. I was like, okay, this is pre-December 20th, guys. So I'm like, oh, you're gone for like a month. So I think it was just like, just buying time that hopefully I'll go away by then. So I, like, again, I don't, I don't give it. I don't give a shit. And this is not to be dismissive to anybody. I was, I, I got stood up on a date I didn't want to go to. So how about that? That's a thing that happened to me this week. And I was laughing. I was telling some of my colleagues, but Peter just came to the mall earlier. We did our, our shopping and, and, and that was that. Finally, let me talk to you guys about the shows I did. I had a really good time at Absolute Comedy. Shout out to Stu, Ray, and Graham from Absolute Comedy at the Saturday show. I was chatting with those guys and they were like, oh, you have a podcast? They took the card and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your names? I'll give you a shout out. They're like, you're not gonna remember. I'm like, I will fucking remember. Stu, Ray, and Graham in that order that I was introduced to them in. And they were good dudes. So shout out to them. They came to one of the shows. I did, my my plan was to plan. What I was asked to do was to headline the downstairs early show. So Absolute Comedy sometimes sells out their their Saturday show so far in advance that they add a second show that happens simultaneously downstairs. And when that happens, the host and headliner, they switch roles and things like that. But every now and again, Jason will say like, well, nothing against the host or whatever, but the the host may not be strong enough to headline the show. So they'll have them do like a, a middle section. So they'll host upstairs, feature downstairs. The headliner will host downstairs and then headline upstairs. And then they'll bring in someone like myself to headline the downstairs. So the downstairs show on Friday was for a French Catholic school teachers group. And like, I'm like, who's the group? Like I, I was asking them like, so who's like, how are they downstairs? Like, oh, it's all one group downstairs. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, they're all, it's just like a big Christmas party or whatever for, for this group. I was like, well, what are they? And they're like, they're like, uh, it's like for like the French Catholic school teachers. And I was like, fuck, that's like three groups of people that I just don't identify with. So I'm like, this is going to be fucking crazy. So I, I was immediately like, I have to make jokes about God. I have to make jokes about French and I have to make jokes about teachers, even though like my intention was just, I'll just go up and do my material. But I'm like, I don't like these people for a myriad of reasons. So I, like, I don't, it's not, that I don't like them. I just don't relate to them and I don't agree with some of their views. So I, I went on stage and I was like, huh, you know, I, I riffed and I told stories for half an hour and the thing was every single time, like I, I didn't move on from like either French, French Catholic teacher stuff, you know, not all one and the same, but just maybe just teacher stuff or just French stuff or just Catholic stuff or all of it together. Like, and they were incredible. I 
cannot tell you, I'm dead fucking serious. I went up without jokes. I have jokes, but I went up without jokes and I mocked what I thought to be their views and values in a, in a, what I think to be eloquent way. Like I went up, I went up and I was like, Hey guys, I'm, thank you for having me for your Christmas party. I'm happy to be here. I just got out of an abusive relationship though. And I hope you guys don't mind me telling you this. I was in a relationship with someone who was like, you know, they were, they were very abusive emotionally. Cause they were like, Hey, you better not let me catch you. You know, don't you ever fucking look at anybody else? And I was like, I, I won't relax. And they're like, no, seriously, if I catch you looking at somebody else, I will fucking punish you forever. I was like, okay, fuck relax. You know, and they had a huge ego. You know what I mean? Like, like it was crazy because like everything that I would do in my life, if I, if I succeeded in something or if I did well, always because of them, it was because of their influence. Like they were the ones that were responsible for all the good things. But then if I made a mistake, oh, that was all me. Like, so I never got to enjoy or celebrate any of my own accomplishments because they never belonged to me. They always belonged to that person. And I was like, you know, and then, but then they would gaslight me. I'm like, oh no, like, like you're totally free to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like you can do whatever you want. It's all up to you. Like I'm cool. I'm chill. You know what I mean? But just like the arrogance, the fucking gaslighting, the whole like, you know, me, 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 and nobody else. And and just feeling like I have no, no choice or freedom to do anything. And I go, I don't normally say their name in public because I feel like it's unfair. But if you guys don't mind, I, I want to share it with you. Maybe you've heard of them. They're God. <laughs> and like very slow burn, they'd start like, uh, and start clapping. I go, I go, I don't know how anybody in this day and age believes in God because knowing what I know about psychology, God is the most insecure narcissistic. Oh, me, 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 you know, Oh, all of your good things are, Oh, thank God. Thank you for this wonderful thing. You know, that, that you gave me in this and that, but it's like, but if you do something wrong, it's like, that was you. And that was your free will. And you're going to hell forever. You know what I mean? And don't look at any other gods and don't, and I'm like this, this, this all seeing all knowing being sounds really insecure, you know, has a huge ego that you got to kiss his ass all the fucking time. It better not look at anybody else. And I'm like, forgive me, I'm going to slurp my drink here. And I expected them to turn on me and they didn't. And then a little bit later on, I would take another stab at something and they'd fucking clap and laugh. And I was like, Christ, oh my, you guys are great. And then there was a, a pretty woman, a, a beautiful woman in, in the audience. She was like, like almost like the, the chick in inception where it's like, everybody's kind of dressed drab and black and, you know, gray scaled environment. And then this woman in a bright red dress with bright red lipstick kind of walks by. So stands out like crazy. It was like that bright red lipstick, bright red dress in a dark room, blonde hair. And I was just like, I was like, Oh, I go, I go, look at you. You're very beautiful. I go, are you, are you one of the teachers? Are you one of the spouses? She's like, Oh, I'm a teacher. And I go, you're a teacher, huh? And they go, and it's Friday night. I go, do you, are you aware that right now you have students at home furiously masturbating, thinking about you? And I go, and, 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 you know, and that's when the crowd starts laughing, but I go, I go, and the thing is they don't even know your first name, Mrs. Johnson, whatever. Like they don't even know your first name. And I think that's really disrespectful to be masturbating, thinking about you. And I don't even know your first name. And she's like, what did she say? She, I go, what do you, what do you teach? Like her face looked surprised, not shocked, but a little surprised. And I go, what do you teach? She's like, I teach kids with special needs. I go, oh my God, they have so much more strength. You know, they, their, their masturbation is, is way more furious. They're way stronger. And I go, I go, but at least if their hand slips off, they don't hit themselves in the head because they got the helmet to protect them. It's just stupid, hacky joke, whatever. But they, they laughed. And I was like, I was like, you know, there's, there's even teachers in this room that have said that about you for years. Like fucking their teachers, you know, their students are going home thinking about her. 
but but she was the only one in the entire crowd that even after the show was not like I said, hey, thanks for being a good sport. And she's like, oh, no problem. Like, but she seemed like I remember after I gave her that comment, she's like, thanks, I guess. I go, you mean you guess? I go, I just said that you're good looking enough that people would fantasize about you. And you're like, I guess that's a compliment. Like, shut up. Anyways, everything I said, they they came along with and came on board with and were, were like clapping, laughing. It is probably the show that I thought I was the most in danger of offending, fucking up, whatever. I even joked that I'm like, they call me. They're like, cause like, I'm like, I guess I should have asked who am I performing for? I just thought it was a club show, but if they're like, Oh, French Catholic teachers. And I'm like, you couldn't have picked like a group that I would connect with less. I'm like teachers, the people who sent me in the hall for my entire education, you just oh, go sit in the hall. I'm sure you'll learn a lot there. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I, I, I don't. I go, teachers would punish me. They wouldn't protect me from the fucking bullies, but they'd punish me if I, if I, you know, spoke out in class. I go, I just, I got nothing. I nothing in, in, in common with you guys, but the show went great. And I even, uh, ended, they gave me like a huge applause at the end. And I said, thank you so much for, for being here guys. I had so much more fun with you than I expected to you. I, I, I'm sorry that I misjudged you, you know, and that's how I went off and they were great. And then they even asked me to sit down with them after the show. So a couple of tables, they went and said hello and they asked me questions. I shut the shit. Great. I had the best time expecting to have the worst time. The Saturday show downstairs was, was a just, you know, different people. And there was, there was a veterinarian in the crowd and I went at her really hard because those people are monsters. I love people who can take care of animals. I hate how much they, they cost, you know, how much money they charge you and, and work to, they, they do work you don't need to do. And there's these poor fucking little senior citizens that have nothing. They have nothing but their little dog with the stinky breath because they need to take care of its teeth and they can't afford to. But then when that dog is like in danger of dying from some illness or something, they go to the vet and instead of these, you know, people going, ah, you're on a fixed income. Let's just do the work that's necessary. Like, look, if the work's necessary, it's expensive. Like, you know, that's the, that's what's on the table. But when they're like, nah, like, you know, we gonna, we know it's got a broken leg. Yeah, but we got to do blood work anyways. You know, we got to do like a consultation fee. We have to do like a, this, that, and the other. And you're like, you know, the legs broke or, or whatever. Even that's a bad example because there's times where they will do blood work and x-rays when the the issue is obvious. We don't need to do x-rays. It's got nothing to do with bones or blood. You know what I mean? Like it, it so it's just, there's, there's times where, you know, they're just pulling income out of people and, and they know they got you by the balls because like, what's, what's fucking Agnes going to do They're, Her dog is her only companion. Her family stopped visiting her years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sad. And so the only love that she gets on a daily basis that that is threatened and they're going to fucking milk that it is evil. It is evil. And, and I, I, I hate it. I hate it. And I call it out and I don't like dentists either. I go to the dentist, but, but you know, with them, it's a little bit easier because like they've got insurance that they, they know they're billing. So like, let's do this, this, that, that, that. and I'm like, I walk in there. And I've, I've gone to the dentist since the pandemic and said, like, I went to the dentist during the pandemic and I'm like, I, my way of, of life is threatened. My income is non-existent right now and I need dental work. So I'm begging you don't do anything that you don't need to do. They're asking me like, are we going to do like, let's do, we need to do x-rays because we need to see if there's cavities. Like, okay. And they're like, we need to do a 3d x-ray as well. Did you want that? And I'm like, I don't know if I want, I don't know that you guys know, I go, how much? And they're like, it's like $400. And I was like, do you have to do it? 
they're like, well, the dentist, it, gets, it shows the dentist more than the regular x-rays do. So they'll be able to see if there's any. And I go, if you have to do it, if you think you have to do it, then do it. But I go, I don't have the money. Like I'll, I'll pay for it, but I just, I don't have that. I'm going into debt for this. If you don't need it, for the love of God, don't do it. So they take the x-rays, dentist walks in, he glances at it, he goes, oh, okay, everything looks good there. And I go, can you do me a favor? Can you really fucking look at that and evaluate? Like literally like turned his head, looked, and then turned right back to me. Okay, and I go, you look at that. I go, that cost me $400 and, and somewhere between half a week and a week's worth of work. The whole fucking week, hating my life, to pay for that, make use of that. You know what I mean? Like that's an, another industry where if you're paying out of pocket, they have no ethics. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. We got to do that. Y- y- like if you're, if you're, if I have insurance and you know, you're charging an insurance company, by all means, take them to the cleaners. But if it's coming out of my pocket, an entertainer who has already essentially got on his hands and knees and said, please don't fuck me when I'm at my lowest and you do it anyways, again, evil, fuck you. Fuck you veterinarians, fuck you dentists, and whoever else works in any kind of field where you'll fuck over an honest human being. Maybe mechanics, I think mechanics, that's why I love the guys where I go, because those are the kind of people who'll be like, oh yeah, this is coming all out of your pocket, so... You know, like there's times where it's like, oh, it's a it's a, a recall from the thing. It's like, yeah, listen, if the company's gonna pay for it, then do it, you know, get make your money by all means. But take a billionaire's money, right? Insurance companies, you know, car manufacturers, take their money, don't take mine. <laughs> my car is my livelihood, right? It's not like it's not like I've got my little dog that gives me the only companionship and I need that, but like at the end of the day, fucking, <laughs> you know. I, my car is gets me from gig to gig, from city to city. Without my car, I can't do what I do. It, it affects my life in a huge way. So don't fuck me. And that's why I, I love the guys at the dealership that I go to is that I trust them. I go much farther than I should to get to them. But the money I save not getting fucked by somebody else is is important to me. Mm-hmm. Delish. So having said that, I, I definitely went at that, that them in the show. Uh, having had such success having had such success on Friday shitting on the teachers, the Catholic teachers, I thought, Hey, why not get some other shit off my chest in my headlining set on Saturday? Now the vet and the dentist didn't care for me. However, because the rest of the audience was not them, they were on board and the show went well. So I had a good time. I also just want to give a shout out to Jason Allen, Faisal Butt, Greg Stringer, Rory Gardner, and of course, as always, the staff at Absolute Comedy for, for you know, giving me just a great environment to do what I love and to be great people in my presence, you know, great people with me in their presence, whatever, however you want to phrase it. And I'm like, is that rude? Like, I'm like, they're in my presence. You're welcome. I'm here. No, it's more of just like, I can't do what I do without the audience. I can't do what I what I do without the other comics and I can't do what I do without great staff that, that keep people happy while they're watching the show. So I love everybody. Thank you so much for that. You know, coming up this week, Christmas, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. I want to wish you all a very happy holidays, whatever your thing is. I I want the best of the season for you and everyone that you care about. So I hope that you really enjoy code names live. I'll be playing before the next episode airs, I believe which is December 27th is the day that Red and I play together. So the whole Codenames Live holiday bash happens December 26th through January 1st. So if Red and I are successful in moving forward, we will play the the finals, the, the last tournament night on January 1st. But for now, 
our first night is January, sorry, December 27th. And you can watch that at twitch.tv slash nerd incorrect. And then of course, as soon as the, the, you know, the holiday end season part, whatever is over, you know, between, between Christmas and new years, I'm going to be heading to, to absolute comedy to host. And then headline, I will be hosting at absolute comedy, Toronto, January 2nd through 7th, and then headlining the 9th through the 14th. You can get your tickets at absolutecomedy.ca or call 416-486-7700 and make reservations that way for this week coming up. Oh, I didn't tell you the story. I wrote it down and I crossed it out and that's what happened. I didn't tell you the story. I'm going to tell you guys a story that I don't, that I think I would have told had I recorded the the episode at the time. And I may still add that back to it. Cause I don't remember exactly what week this started to happen, but I want to let you know why, why people don't get along and why this season might be a little bit difficult. I know that the podcast is already long and I never think they're going to be long. I thought this would be one that based on how many notes I had, I thought it'd be super short, but you know me ADD live. So last year we had, we had uh, two Santa Claus, Santa Clauses, Santa Claus. I, and I'll tell you the story and then we'll all move on with our lives. Let me get my clipboard back over here though. I just, I just stretched out, put my feet up and, and then I won't be able to do my, my closing announcements, even though I think I just did them. Never forget guys, contact at one man podcast.com. That's the email address. You send me an email. I read it on the podcast. Doesn't matter what it's about. Just know that you own and wear it. I mean, someone would probably try to attack me if it had an evil or hate in it, but at the end of the day, you know, you send it in, I'll read it just for those listening. Hopefully you have the presence of mind to know that that people say, I was, I was thinking about yesterday. I was like, if someone just sent me an email with like the N word written 50 times, I'd probably just say, this just seems like somebody who's trying to get me in trouble. So I will paraphrase this email has the N word written with a hard R 50 times in a row. I think I'd leave it at that. I think that's the only things like that are the only context where I wouldn't, you know, read what you said verbatim. Whereas if you like send me some crazy conspiracy theory, you know, making an argument for why, you know, the world is flat or something like that. Like I'll still, I'll give you the time. I just hope that everybody always knows that whatever I read is not my thoughts and and feelings and things like that per se. But sometimes you guys are just making recommendations or correcting me on something I did. Hey, I love those contact at one man podcast.com. Now onto the story of Santa's magic cup. So last year we had two Santa. And I was the photographer. That was my role. I was specifically hired as the role of photographer this year, instead of two people at front of house and and a photographer, there's one person front of house and one person doing photography. And they're both at the same level. So the job was supposed to be interchanged, but early in the season, I was like, Hey, look, I already know that role and kind of how to do it. I chatted with Amanda and she's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, like I'll do the front if you're good with that. And I was like, yeah, sure. That was when I was fresh. And then once you're doing the pictures and you're kind of dealing with Santa, making people pose differently and parents that aren't listening and they're coming in and getting set up early before the last group's even gone. And before I've got the photo sense, it becomes a nightmare. And it's a lot easier to say, Hey, what time's your reservation? Oh, here you are. Checked in. Okay, perfect. Just jump in line there. Not I'm, I'm oversimplifying what the job was, but it really is less than having to take the perfect picture and struggle getting a baby to look at the camera. Like it was a lot more. So last year, my job was the photographer and I was paid more for it. And we had a Santa Claus that was like the Monday, Monday to Friday Santa. And then we had a weekend Santa weekend. Santa had done a couple weekdays was not a huge fan. The guy never looked at the camera. He was always just kind of looking off to the side, like watching people walk through the mall instead of looking at the camera, your Santa Claus. And he didn't really smile as more as he kind of had like this, a bit of a sneer. 
weird, weird guy, other weird things that I won't publicly say here. And when you hear the public things I'm about to say, about the, the quote unquote, good Santa, you will wonder how fucked up his shit was that I wouldn't say it. So we get this other Santa, a rep, like, like, like Santa. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to say his name. We get a good Santa who is way more jovial. Who's way more over the top. He's friendlier. He looks at the camera. He engages with the kids. We're like, this guy's great. We chat with the guy and it turns out that like he had spent time in the Ukraine working in a kitchen, making meals for the refugees coming off of the trains and stuff like right to the point where like their, like their kitchen is in the, the yard where all the trains are coming in. He's like, you hear the trains coming in the bells and you're like, you know, we got hungry people coming, you know, like, and he's a humanitarian. He's a guy who was uh, apparently well to do had at, at a time in his life actually been homeless. And now he's kind of on his feet. He does live in an RV, but he works and he earns income and he does. Okay you know, was, was looking at going back to the, you know, overseas again to help refugees and stuff like that was interested in becoming a guy to, you know, demine in, in, in certain countries, like learning how to actually take landmines out of the ground to make places safer. So the guy's got a good heart, has adopted children. He has a good heart and I will give him that. So we are like, oh, the other Santa was like kind of creepy and weird and didn't really say anything. So like, just, just a little like creepy and off. So this guy who's over the top, jovial, outgoing, we're like, oh, this is a great Santa Claus. And we're talking to him. We find that he's also got a part-time gig. Well, not part-time. He's also got a full-time gig for the season working at like UPS, getting parcels sorted. So he would leave the, you know, the, 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 the Santa gig, go back to his RV and sleep for a few hours. And it was like way far out, way, way out. And like, he's like a 40, 40 minute to an hour long jaunt home. So he would get home at, you know, eight o'clock sleep for a few hours and then start his, his overnight job of sorting parcels on that. So after, after like a few days of this, of this, you know, grind that he's got, he's starting to like, he would come directly from the UPS gig to the Santa Claus gig. You know, so he would get there and you'd see that he was tired. And there was times where he's even like falling asleep, you know, falling asleep in the chair with people on him. So I've actually got a picture on my phone. Uh, I won't post it because then you'll see exactly which Santa I'm talking about. But if you ever see me or whatever, if we're on social media or something, I'll, I'll send you a picture. I have a picture of like, you know, kids on this guy's lap and he's fucking passed out. So now we empathize. He's working his ass off and he's an older guy. He's in his sixties. So we're like, he's busting his ass. He's trying to earn income, you know, and we had our, our staff room was right, right beside the set. Whereas his room was like down the hall, down another hall through the back of like the admin's office. So he's got to work by all the walk by all the higher ups. And so what would happen is we would offer like, you know, Hey, on our, on the, on the break or whatever, we had a room and had like a couch and a, and a easy chair, I guess it wasn't really an easy chair. It's just a single seat seat, I guess. What do you call that? There's, I know that there's a couch and there's a love seat and a love seat's like two, two seater. What do you call the one seat version of the chair? Easy chair? Is that, was I right? It's not like a lazy boy where it doesn't, it doesn't recline or anything. It's just a single seat version of, of a couch, I guess. Anyways, we had one seat and two seat. And you know, when Amanda and I were in there, like there's usually three of us on break and there's like three seats essentially three places to sit. Well, what would happen is we, we felt bad for Santa that, you know, he'd have to go all the way back to that room. Like he'd lose like 10 minutes. We were like, do you want to just go in the, the lunchroom? And like, there's a couch there. His room only had like a, like a kind of like a plastic chair and a round table, but it was private, but it's just not really comfortable. Like, we have a couch in there. Did you want to like, 
you want to go down and like lie down for like an hour, you know, on your break and, and sleep that way. And, you know, we were trying to be nice. We cared about him. So he would, he would, you know, take off his Santa gear and then lay down in the, on the couch, or whatever. But it would go to the point where like he would just crash, like crash right out and he would turn the lights off. So we were kind of like, okay, well now this isn't really much of a lunchroom. Like, so, you know, at first it was kind of like, okay, and, but we liked them. So we're like, hey, he's tired. You know, we'd put in AirPods and like watch them on our phone, but effectively like, you know, you, you can't sit and have a conversation or chat with your colleagues because Santa's sleeping. You know what I mean? And we had a little side room that was just essentially like a, a closet that had a sink in it. You know what I mean? That's really all it was. And we'd plug our kettle in there to make tea or whatever. And so did I talk about the kettle on this episode? I think I did. So that was the thing. We had a kettle there, you know, make tea or whatever, but that's, that's it. Like, you know, it's got a, it's got a, a sink we can wash our hands in. Well, it didn't take too terribly long where Santa's like, oh shit, you know, I'd wake him up like, hey, it's time to go. We got to go back. Like breaks over. Oh shit. You know, and he's got to put his Santa gear back on. So I give him like a th- little three minute. He's like, shit, I, I don't have time to go to the bathroom. So he's like, oh, just want, and he's like, you know, he'd, uh, he'd piss in a cup and throw it in the sink and then just come out. And the Santa suit, you know, and the, the, the digs that he had on was tough to let's say maneuver. So he kind of get a little bit of it on himself. And over the course of the season, you know, the set started to smell more and more like urine because he wasn't going to the bathroom. He was using what he coined very quickly. He's like, Oh, I got to find my magic cup, you know? And we're like, like, this is our lunchroom. You know what I mean? And we can smell it on you. You're missing, you're missing. Also, like when we would go use the, the staff washroom at the end of the day, you'd see piss all over the seat and piss all over the floor or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I wonder who that was, you know, to the point where even the staff inside were like, yeah, we don't like using the bathroom after him. We usually call the cleaning people to come back. So I, I empathize like we liked him, but it was like, it was gross. Like now our lunchroom smells like piss and you know, you're like he had like his hands like we wasn't wearing the sandy gloves his hands were like dark black from dirt you know so there wasn't a whole lot of hygiene so i'm kind of like oh man like i i'm i don't know i'm 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 a, I'm a kind of a clean freak and that that would gross me out but you would we started having people complain that like it's it's like oh it kind of smelled like santa kind of smelled and it's like yeah he's, he's he's wearing the same suit every day for like you know 30 days half of november and half most of december like it's it's a thing. So Santa's magic cup was was like it was just it was gross. And at one point, I think Amanda snapped last year, like, yeah, I don't I don't fucking care. Like, you don't need to tell me that you're going to go piss in a cup. Like, I don't I don't need to hear that. It's it's gross, and I don't need to know. Like, if it's if you got to do it, whatever. You don't need to remind us and make us lose our appetites all the time. Like, she wasn't that that curt about it, but it was like essentially, it's like, yeah, we just we don't need to know. You know what I mean? And so I think this year when we knew he was coming back, we're like, Hey, he's a good Santa. We didn't have a staff room next door. This, the store was now, you know, purchased. Like it was basically a a store that wasn't being used. So the the windows were all papered up, but we could use it. Well, this year there are stores there and we're, we're at a different place. We're at a, we're at a former Nespresso. The room sucks. It's a round table with two plastic chairs. It's not comfortable. It's much further away than customer services. So we don't have to share it with Santa. It was one of those things where, you know, you're like, Hey, I want to do something nice. And you know, he's, he's, he's old, he's tired. This gives him an opportunity to just walk over, crash and come right back. And, and then it just digressed into, you know, it, it, uh, 
devolved into just like, now our room is, we can't go in because Santa's quiet and he's sleeping. You know, we don't want to be there because it smells like piss. Reminds me very much of that old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. And, and then there was just one day near the very end of the season where a family came in and they were like, oh, we, we have a, you know, Santa was even showing us. He's like, oh, look, I got a, I got a Santa mask, you know, COVID mask where you put it on. It's like social Santa's face. So he's like, look at that. And we're like, oh, that's so cute. But he's there and we're like, oh, this family has requested that you wear a mask Santa, which like never happened all season, but it was on the website. And he's like, I'm not wearing it. And I was like, well, Santa, it's actually, you know they've got it on the website that you're allowed to request Santa was like, well, I don't care. I didn't request it. I didn't request to have that. That's not, that's not, I never agreed to anything like that. And I'm going like, Santa, would you please wear the mask and we can discuss it afterwards? He's like, no, these are my rights. I'm not, I'm like, and I'm going like in my head, I'm like, this is your fucking hill to die on as a customer. It's not happened all season. Probably won't happen again. I'm like, just, I go, just wear the mask. We'll figure it out afterwards. Okay. Do me this favor because it's look, it's looking real bad right now. So he puts it on. He's, you can tell he's not very happy about wearing it and he's doing the fucking thing, whatever. And I'm just like, this is so fucking, and Amanda was like, like, couldn't believe it. Like he was making a scene over, over this thing. And it was just so like, it, it, it was the turning point for us where now we're not like, they're not just like some old homeless guy who's, who's too tired and is, you know, kind of messy and dirty, but he's still a nice guy. Now it's like, now you're making a scene and you're, you're threatening our employment by, by, by doing this, by making the whole fucking thing look bad. And so that later that night, like he says the thing afterwards, you know, like, Hey, like I shouldn't have to wear a mask. I'm like, listen, dude, I don't agree with you. It's a gig. It says on our sheet that if somebody wants you to wear a mask, they're allowed to request it. You don't have to wear a mask uh, all the time, but if someone asks you to wear one for pictures, they're allowed to request that. And that's something that you'll do. It's right on the website. Well, I don't give a shit. I'm not telling them if it's against my rights. I'm like, what right? What you, your rights? It's a fucking mask. You have to wear the Santa suit to wear it. So I was like, dude, you're, this is a very strange hill to die on. So, you know, later that night we're, we're dropping off the keys to customer service and he comes out and he's like, you know, I just don't think like they don't get it. Like we, you know, like I shouldn't have to wear a mask. You know, I didn't decide that this thing, it's not my fault. It's not my right. Or, you know, it's against my rights to have to put on. I'm like, no one's telling you to get vaccinated fucker. Like it's, it's a mask. You put it on, you take it off. Like he was so, I'm like, if this is your, like he was trying so hard to convince us that like he was right. And we're like, I don't, we don't share it. So the reason I'm bringing it up is this year. Amanda and Santa are still kind of, you know, like they've, they've already predisposed to each other from the previous year. I'm in between it. And we were very worried that we would have more magic cup scenarios. We were very worried that like the set would stink. We'd have, we'd have to Febreze the set every day because it just smelled so much like that ammonia piss smell. So I don't know, maybe some of you listening to the story would prefer that I hadn't brought that up and that me crossing it off was almost saved you from it. Sorry. But you know, so far there's only a few days left and, you know, we, we haven't really had anything that was like horrific. You know, you can, every now and again, you get a little close and you can smell a little something, but it's not bad. Like it was last year. And, you know, they've only got a couple shifts left with each other and I've only got four days left. So we're, we're making it through the season, but, but everybody has been, like I said, complaining about each other and bitching and complaining like I'm like, and I like, I'm going to side with them and I'm, I'm picking my battles and I've, I've used up a lot of my patience dealing with stuff, you know, and, and neither one of them seemed to have any, you know, like, I'm not going to say shitty cause I love them both, but neither one of them seems to be particularly 
remorseful for making me listen to their shit. I've even tried to say to them, like, look, if you guys have issues with each other, you need to address it. It doesn't matter. They just keep bitching to me. So it's almost over. I really hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. I can't wait for it to be over. It's not as bad as I thought it would be based on last year. And and everyone has sort of, you know, echoed that. But I think both of them may have gotten to a point where they're like, if the other one's here next year, I'm not doing it. And to be honest with you, if if one of them, it doesn't matter which was gone, my life would be a little easier too. There's one that I would rather work with than the other. But at the end of the day, it's like they're 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 both capable of acting a little childish. And that bums me up, you know, but they're both, they are both good people. They just, what they decide is where they'll draw the line in, in, you know, courtesy and professionalism. They get to a point where they're like, I don't care. I'm not doing this. Okay. You know, I'm not going to force you. So yeah, guys, I hope you have the best week ever. I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope you have the happiest of holidays. I hope that, you know, I'll still be chatting with you again before the end of the year, but in the meantime, just, just live it up. Spend time with the people that you love. Cherish every moment with the people you love, family or otherwise, because they're not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed uh, the time with, you know, in the relationship that you're in. Let me be a, you know, a lesson to you in that regard. You never know when something very special to you could end. You don't know when people are going to die. Tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. So when you're with the people, I know that some of them can drive you crazy over the holidays, but love them, cherish them, you know enjoy the time because you might look back later and go, wish I could have spent more, wish I could have done more quality stuff. So I hope you guys have the best of the season. Send me an email. If you want contact at one man podcast.com. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
used to be such a jolly guy. Yes, Virginia, now Santa's doing time in a federal prison for his infamous crime. Hey, little friend, now don't you cry no more tears. He'll be out with good behavior in 700 more years. But now, big sense in therapy.